Introducing a new offer from Xfinity. It's unlimited internet with gig speed and supersonic Wi-Fi. And get this, there's no annual contract required, no equipment fees, and a two-year internet rate guarantee. It even comes with a free Flex 4K streaming box. It's all just $50 a month when you add Xfinity Mobile with unlimited data. The supersonic bundle. Go to Xfinity.com gig, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Requires paperless billing and auto pay. New gigabit internet customers only. Xfinity Mobile requires post-pay Xfinity internet. After 24 months, regular rates apply to all services and devices. Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports Powered by Overtime Media, I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him and love him as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, no more Chris Harris stories. We're just done talking about Chris Harris. We are, and I think we beat that horse to death and beyond, Chad. There's not much more to say about him. Uh, fortunately, though, we're getting some new storylines we have to talk about here. And uh, fortunately, Derek Wolf is always there to save the day for us with his amazing quotes that we can't wait to dive into. Today, however, we're going to get to that stuff. We're going to talk about what Derek Wolf had to say and Todd Davis, both of which were illuminating sessions there at the podium. But first, and actually today, the the main thing it is, is the VIP Mailbag Friday, of course. But first, got to take care of some quick matters of business. Just a reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. It's the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. YouTube listeners, make sure you're subscribing. Don't forget, every time you listen to the pod, leave a like on the video. Great way to help support the show. And get the podcast in front of other like-minded Broncos fans. And then iTunes, don't forget to leave your creative review. Give us that five-star rating. Last spring, you chose hardworking seed. But did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed perform on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Zach, let's, we're going to talk about Derek Wolf. We're going to talk about Todd Davis. First, though, let's take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag, because we are 
Broncos Country's football priests, and each and every week we're here to provide you with the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And Zach, this first one comes from Paul, 826, going on five months as a VIP subscriber. He says, I started thinking, see the smoke in parentheses, how will the front office handle the 2020 free agency with the CBA work stoppage looming in 2021? Seems like it might be one-year deals for a lot of players. How do you see it going? Thank you. Zach, your insight for Paul 826. I mean, as of right now, for next year, the Broncos are projected to have about $52 million in salary cap space, and that's before rollover, that's before cuts, that's before anything else. Um, I don't think they're acting in 2019 for the work stoppage in 2021. They're not thinking that far ahead. They still have to supplement their team. They got to do what's right in the short term for their team. And they had no problem, you know, opening the checkbook for Juwan James and Kareem Jackson. I don't think it's going to be a problem going forward. Um, and I don't think there's going to be a lockout this time, fortunately. It's had on like, you know, 2011 and all that. So in terms of the Broncos and how they're spending the work stoppage and the potential of the CBA and all that, that did not impact the Chris Harris Jr. deal. And it will not impact future deals for the Broncos in 2020. Yeah, I really don't think the – and I'll differ with you that I do think it will end up as a lockout again. I, it's just, I hope not. It was so acrimonious last time, and the if I'm not mistaken, the same leadership is running the players' union, so it's gonna be it's gonna be contentious. But as it relates to the question, as far as deals and how that's gonna affect the Broncos doing business next year, I don't think it's gonna preclude Denver from signing free agents to multi-year deals. In fact, it's more in the interest of the owners and the teams, thus to get those deals done now under the current CBA structures than it's going to be after 2021 because the the players' union, they're going to come in. My bet, my guess, is they're going to stage a lockout and it's going to drag on, and they're going to use that leverage to get as much player-friendly you know, items into the CBA as possible. And so owners seeing that, my opinion, Zach, is that they're going to try and capitalize this last free agent period before that happens to try and get some some players locked down on multi-year deals under current strictures. Yeah, I mean, I don't obviously want a lockout to happen, no, but for sure it, it could happen. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, the leadership is still there, and Goodell is still in charge, and, and the NFL continues to make a mockery of itself. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, but it, it won't impact the Broncos, and that's a league-wide thing. So in terms of them for next year, they'll be good. They have a lot of cap space they're going to play around with. And Elway's contract is running out too, and I think that's the bigger deadline. That's the bigger picture they're looking at uh, that to align itself with, with 2022 and his contract uh, more so than the CBA in a couple years. Yep. Great point there. Next question here comes from Chris, 21, going on four months as a VIP. Chris says, I saw an article, I think it was Adam Schefter, stating that the Joe Flacco deal was the best move of the Broncos offseason. I personally think it was the hiring of the coaching staff, specifically with Coach Fangio. What would you think is the best move so far of the offseason, Zach? I disagree with Adam Schefter. I, I don't think it was Joe Flacco. To me, it was the coaching staff, but in particular, it was Mike Munchak to me. I mean, to get a guy who was a renowned coach, a Hall of Famer, a guy that you had as a front runner for the job that went to Vic Fangio, and then to turn around and get Vic Fangio and Munchak as your assistant uh, positional coach, I mean, one of your top lieutenants there, uh, they knocked it out of the ballpark. I, I said it at the time, and I'll say it again. Uh, it's one of the best moves uh, in the NFL in recent history, not just this offseason, Chad. I don't disagree, but just for the sake, I mean, as far as the coaching 
hires being the biggest offseason moves. But just for the sake of conversation and playing devil's advocate to liven this up a little bit, let's remove coaching and make it only personnel. What was the best offseason move in your opinion? Uh, only personnel. God, I don't even know. I, I, I don't think it's Joe Flacco. I, I would say that the moves they made in their secondary, I, I mean, I think I'm a fan of, of shoring up that position and giving them the flexibility where they weren't forced to pay Chris Harris Jr. and they won't be forced in the future. Uh, they got a guy in Kareem Jackson who can play multiple spots. They got an elite slot corner in Bryce Callahan. They have Justin Simmons, who should be a pro bowler this year with Vic Fangio. I mean, they didn't make many moves, though, Chad, with you know other than the Flacco and, and Juwan James in the secondary. But uh, in personnel, I, I do like what they did on defense there that was a great answer I mean there's no question the Broncos secondary after the 2018 depredations has been significantly upgraded but here's what I'll say and I'll somewhat concur with Adam Schefter and say that the upgrading of the quarterback room I think is the biggest move personnel wise for the Broncos this offseason starting with Joe Flacco of course you know, people want to compare him to Case Keenum and how a lot of the same tropes this time of year were being said about Keenum that's being said about Flacco. And that's not necessarily untrue, right? A lot of the same things that are being said and the type of tonality we're taking at times, even on the podcast and on the website, we said similar things about Case Keenum. But there are some big departures and differences between what Joe Flacco brings to the table in Case Keenum. And the number one thing is that Case Keenum has been a career backup, whereas yeah. Joe Flacco is a career starter, 11-year starter. And that has so many different benefits and blessings that are going to trickle downhill to the entire offense and the team that really right now you can't even foresee. But Joe Flacco, I mean, six foot five, he's got the arm. You know, you worry a little bit about how much of a beating he can take because of his injury last year even though it was a short-term injury and then his his lingering disc issues in his back you wonder how long he can stay upright and you can and we hope of course with the addition on the the additions I should say on the offensive line and then of course Mike Munchak that the Broncos are going to be able to keep him upright but Joe Flacco has the potential to raise all ships I mean if if he is truly that motivated guy on a mission to prove all his doubters wrong Zach he has the potential to really elevate the Broncos from a fair to middling squad even with Vic Fangio's coaching you know a six and ten eight and eight type of team into the playoff conversation but that's if the stars align and then you go beyond Flacco Zach you got freaking Drew Locke who was projected top 10 pick vast majority of Broncos fans I shouldn't say vast I would say a majority of Broncos fans would have been stoked out of their minds if Drew Locke had been the pick at 10 overall but the Broncos get him at 42 in the second round insane so the Broncos took care of the short-term and the long-term with their quarterback room now. And you look at it, Zach, compared to this time last year, it's night and day. You know, my stupid brain, I wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking free agency for whatever reason. I wasn't even thinking about the draft. I do. That is one of my favorite things. It's a great point you made, Chad, about how they attacked the position there. I'm not the biggest fan of Flacco. You and I both know that. Everyone knows that until he proves otherwise. But what they did with Drew Locke, uh, maneuvering that way and not and kind of betting on themselves, the Broncos, and winning, and then doubling up with Brett Rippon and having two young quarterbacks in the room, I, I like that a lot. I will say this about Flacco, though. To get a a starting quarterback, a former Super Bowl champion, MVP, for a fourth-round pick, I like the business side of it. There's no more guaranteed money left on his deal. If he bombs, you get out from under the contract with no penalty. I do like that. You're taking a, a much smaller chance with a higher gain than you did with Case Keenum. 
So in the business side of it, I like the Flacco move, but on the field, uh, that aspect of it, it's still wait and see for me. I mean, honestly, there's there have been so many improvements to the team that it really is hard to pick just one, from the coaching to the draft to the free agent pickups. I mean, the Broncos always had a pretty good offseason, let's face it. So that's the most encouraging thing if we really boil it down. And one thing I like, you brought up the fact, Zach, that the Broncos are projected to have over $50 million in cap space next year. Well, if Joe Flacco doesn't pan out, just to take a little bit of a negative or skeptical perspective for a second, if he doesn't pan out or if the Broncos don't have good team success under under Joe Flacco, the Broncos can cut him, as you said. Now they've got 70-some-odd million available. That's sans any further cuts. That's sans any rollover. So it'll be interesting. There's a lot on the line for Flacco this year. I mean, similar to Chris Harris. I mean, he's got a kind of, even though he's got three years on his deal counting 2019, Flacco very much has to view this season as a contract year and let that inform his intensity, his play, his dedication, because this is a situation. He saw the way Peyton Manning's star not only continued to burn when he came to Denver, but arguably went even higher. I mean, if you look at what Peyton Manning was able to achieve with John Elway in Denver in a four-year period of time, I mean, he basically condensed and outdid in four years the previous 14 years in Indianapolis. I mean, that might be a little bit of a hot take. That might be a little bit of hyperbole. But I, I, I would stand up and argue the point. And Joe Flacco saw that, dude. He saw, whoa, mm-hmm. look what happened with, with Peyton. And so I think, you know, that's the best case scenario. I don't want to put lipstick on a pig. I don't want to steer you wrong, Broncos country, because that's what Zach's here to do. He's helped kind of check my my optimism, <laughs> right, my irrational orange-colored glasses at times. But things could things could work out really well with Joe Flacco if all these different factors in the stars align. And they can, absolutely. And then you have a quarterback under contract and you're a potential playoff team and his deal is still not a, a, a cap-killing contract. And if he doesn't work out and you cut him, but Drew Locke uh, progresses as he should, then you have your starting quarterback for the long term, let's say in 2020, with $70 million in cap space, as you said, Chad, and your franchise quarterback who signed for, what, peanuts, a, a, a couple million dollars a year. So the, regardless, the Broncos and Elway, he's had a couple good off seasons now since the draft in last year and through this offseason. He set himself up in a win-win. They're either going to shine with Joe Flacco and he can groom Locke under him, or in the best-case scenario, if Flacco doesn't work out, then you have Locke stepping in next year, and then you still have a younger quarterback in Brett Rippon. So you want to talk about the best move? It all kind of trickles back to John Elway. I still hold the fact that if you're going to criticize him for his failures, you got to praise him for what he's done and his accomplishments. Yep. And in the last year or so, I mean, he's been really on point. All right, next question here comes from our friend of the show, Jedi Joshua 58 He's been supporting us as a VIP subscriber for five months, and I know he's been listening to the show even longer. Joshua says, I've read a little buzz about Kelvin McKnight, the undrafted rookie, and I've watched some highlights. Guys, he is a playmaker. Any thoughts? I know our receiver room is crowded, and it definitely seems like an embarrassment of riches. Zach, he's that five foot eight, twitchy, kind of slot guy that as he projects into the NFL. And other than, I mean, I'm kind of skeptical of him being able to make the roster as purely as a wide receiver. But if he can make some bones, Kelvin McKnight as a returner, I mean, that's yep. what the Broncos are lacking right now. 
Nailed it. It's the same thing as Isaiah McKenzie last year or a couple years ago. I mean, he needed to prove his worth on special teams, and he just couldn't do that. That's why Langley hung around for so long is because he was a a kick returner. Um, McKnight, he can make plays on the field, and he's going to try to carve out that role as the Broncos burner uh, with Emmanuel Sanders. But uh, you nailed it, Chad. If he wants a spot on this team or even the practice squad, he's got to make his work cut out for him for Tom McMahon on special teams. It just has to be. That receiver room, there's four locked in already, and they're going to carry five, maybe six. Right. and McKnight is not the fifth or sixth guy right now. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough decision for the Denver Broncos at wide receiver because those bottom two or three spots, I mean, once you get beyond Tim Patrick, so you go Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. You know the Broncos are going to have some sympathy for Brendan Langley. You know, he's going to be in the conversation, unless he just completely craps the bed in camp and preseason. Then you've got the rookie, Jawan Winfrey, who we talked about and on the yesterday's podcast, the sixth round pick, then you've got guys like Kelvin McKnight, River Craycraft. So it's going to be interesting to see how that that competition shapes up, Zach. But you know he's an exciting young player. But it's the type of thing where Josh, I think you know, with with regard to McKnight, it's kind of a believe it when you see it. And if he succeeds in Denver, great. Yeah, in the best case scenario for him with a strong preseason, if he even makes it through the entire preseason, it would be the practice squad. The only way he would see the 53 is if he absolutely just lights it up in in training camp and there's an injury or two in in the Broncos receiving core. Other than that, um, his upside right now is the practice squad. All right, we're going to take one more question from the mailbag today because we do want to get to some of what Derek Wolf and Todd Davis had to say. Zach, this one comes from Burke2105 going on two months as a VIP subscriber, relatively new to the club. We appreciate you, Burke. He says, it's unrelated, but is there intention? Now, this is regarding a conversation on Chris Harris, but he says, it's unrelated, but is the Broncos' intention to play Bryce Callahan as an outside boundary corner this year? Is that the team's intention, you think, Zach? Uh, no, I, I mean, you have Chris Harris Jr. who can play inside and outside. You have Kareem Jackson. You have Yadam. I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, make him do something he's not comfortable with. I'm sure they'll experiment, Chad, with Callahan there, but keep him where he in, in his wheelhouse, what he does best, and that's the slot, and just let him go to work. I do find it interesting that Vic Fangio continues to be asked about Devontae Bosby. Mm, and, yep. you know, I think the Broncos... We'll see how they they hold up against outside competition, and we'll see how they hold up when the intensity gets turned up a few notches in training camp. But I'm really interested to see how Bosby holds up this summer as well as whether or not Isaac Yadam can take that next step on his developmental curve. Which, by the way, Yadam's wearing a new number. I think he's 26 now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he he took uh, Darian Stewart's number. Yeah, so we'll see, though. I mean, Callahan... That's kind of what they're doing both with Callahan and Kareem Jackson at this point is they're trying them at some different spots to make sure that when the regular season rolls around, they have a basis of knowledge in terms of understanding the different assignments and responsibilities at each position on different plays, what the communications are, what the reads are. So I think you're going to see Callahan go inside and out. But Zach, I think, as you said, he's predominantly going to be a nickel corner for the Broncos this year anyway. 
Yeah, and it's a good point about Bosby I want to touch on real quick because I like what I saw from him on film. I mean, the guy was a ball hawk. He has great size, a good arm length for the position. On paper, he fits the scheme. But Vic Fangio called him out for his conditioning and said the the back-to-back seasons in the NFL and the AAF, they just were taking its toll. And he was asked about him, I think, yesterday, and he said it's, he's getting a little bit better, and he has to just prove it now. So if he has the inside track right now, to me, especially with the Adams still recovering from surgery— be the number four, number five guy. If he has a strong summer chat, I think Bosby's locked into a spot in the 53. All right, guys. Well, thank you to all our VIP subscribers for the questions. We love engaging with you. We love, you know, having that conversation, answering your questions, seeing what's on your mind. For those of you who are not VIPs, it's real easy to do. Go to the website, milehighhuddle.com, click on the green banner, and subscribe. You can get your first month right now for a dollar, or if you want to go in long-term, you can get 30% off right now in annual membership. So go check that out. And that gives you access every Friday to Zach and I here in the mailbag. But we'll take a quick break. On the other side, Zach and I will break down what Derek Wolf and Todd Davis had to say on Thursday. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner let's uh touch on Derek Wolf first and and both Todd Davis talked a lot about kind of the characteristics of Vic Fangio's defense and one thing that similarly to to Fangio Derek Wolf is not one to embellish right he might use some colorful language in terms of cursing and cussing at times which you know we all get a kick out of but he's not going to BS you. He's not going to fill you full of fluff, you know, just to make you feel good. He's always going to tell it like it is. And with regard to Vic Fangio's defense, this was really interesting. Wolf said that he's, quote, falling in love with Fangio's defense. And he says that, quote, I almost feel like I was born to play this defense, close quote. Zach, if that doesn't get Broncos country excited about the prospects of Derek Wolf, I mean, I think back to when Fangio was in San Francisco and he had the great Justin Smith and the type of season Smith produced there under Fangio. I think Derek Wolf has a shot to, to follow suit. He does. If he stays healthy, and that's always a huge if with Eric Wolf. I mean, it's another player in this defense. I mean, everyone, every starter chat on this defense is, is up for uh, to have a better season and to up their stats a little bit. But Derek Wolf is a guy who's really a three-down player in the truest sense. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. And for Fangio up front in that front seven, you've got to have a player like that. He's going to love him. But what you were saying, it kind of resonated with me. They're the same person. They, they tell it like it is. They don't like to be BS. They don't do the BSing. And that's why Wolf respects Vic Fangio so much. It's the same reason Elway respects Vic Fangio. He came in. He tells it like it is. He's not afraid to call anyone out, and he holds people accountable. And I think Wolf despised Vance Joseph for that reason because he was so lax and he was so uh, – a lack of accountability and lack of responsibility. He, and this is exactly what the Broncos needed. And Wolf is just uh, – he mirrors that, and he buys into that, and he respects that, and it reverberates throughout the locker room. So it's one more reason why Elway just nailed the Fangio hire and why he was the, the perfect coach for this team. Two more things I want to touch on from Wolf's remarks. He 
talked about, you know, we've made a lot about the fact that Vic Fangio doesn't lightly give a compliment. I want to play for our listeners the quote from Derek Wolf. He was asked directly what a compliment from Vic Fangio looks like. Here's what he said real quick. You know if you're doing well with Coach Fangio, what does a compliment look like for him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. He, I mean, he'll, like, he'll say good job. Like, he'll tell you good job. But, you know, I feel like he, uh, you know, there's some guys where he just expects it from you. So he's not going to give you a, that a boy for just doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, which uh, I can respect that. So, you know, it's a lot of just straightforward and keep it moving. Move on to the next play, you know. Zach, amen. He's not going to give you an attaboy for doing your job. Now, if you go above and beyond and you exceed expectations, like we saw him talk about Will Parks, Troy Fumagalli a couple days ago, you're going to hear from him. But it's just refreshing this new kind of philosophy and outlook that's really transforming, I think, the Broncos locker room and taking place there in Dove Valley. This is one of my favorite quotes of the entire offseason. It's so true. I mean, if you dole out compliments too much, I mean, it, it, it waters it down. It's the same as saying, I'm sorry too much to someone. Eventually, it just it doesn't mean anything anymore. So if let's say if Vance was just complimenting everyone for just showing up to meetings on time or just being on the field, it doesn't hold any value. And that's why you saw the rounded corners and the death by inches. And that's exactly what Fangio is getting rid of. And it's exactly why Wolf is buying into that. So he should be rare with his praise. It should be warranted when it's only it's when it should be warranted, when it's deserved. And uh, that's the, the right coach for this team. It's the complete antithesis of Vance Joseph, and it's already paying dividends. Last thing I want to touch on here from Wolf, then we'll move on and talk to, about Todd Davis before we get out of here, is he was asked specifically about a few different rookies. He talked about Draymond Jones, called him, you know, it's, again, he's not going to say it if he doesn't mean it, but he said he's a great pass rusher, okay? He's, he's liking what he's seeing from Jones in the pass rush department, talked about his hands, talked about his feet, and that he's only going to get better. Then he was asked directly, Wolf about Dalton Reisner, and at first you thought, oh, he's, you know, he's not going to say much because he goes, well, you know, he's a rookie. Rookie offensive lineman, you know, goes really hard, hard as he can every play. And I thought that's where it was going to end, but he goes on to talk about how Reisner was another great pickup, and then he said, quote, I think this was one of the best drafts that I've seen us pick up as far as getting big guys that we picked up. I'm just really happy about the team. It's a whole new feel offensively. You got Joe Flacco over there who's doing a great job of running the show over there. Our offensive line looks really good. They're playing as a unit. It seems like they're all starting to come together more. Close quote. So, Zach, I mean, if Derek Wolf's liking the way it's shaping up, you know, you can start to get a, a little bit hyped about the way this team is taking shape. I don't think I'd have to go back and check. I don't think this was being said a year ago, Chad, by Derek Wolf, who, like you said, I mean, he doesn't just willy nilly throw out compliments. He tells it like it is good and bad. And again, it it already proves the the level of impact that Vic Fangio has had in the locker room. And the players have already bought into his message without even playing one game, one down and seeing what he's worth. He's already got them believing on the same page. This is all stemming from coaching. It, Wolf's optimism. He sees the way it's run. It's an adult environment. It's professional. It's the complete opposite of last year. He's energized. He's refreshed. He's motivated. If anything should come out of this interview, it should be motivation and optimism for Broncos country to see that inside the locker room, it's being repaired. It's being fixed. It's being nurtured. And their perfect coach is doing it right now. Absolutely. Let's get to, uh, to me, this was the biggest thing that jumped out. I mean, Todd Davis, in, in he talked a lot about, you know, how – 
linebacker-friendly Vic Fangio's scheme is, and it was an interesting conversation. But the last thing he talked about was how much he paid attention to the draft and what the Broncos were going to do, especially in the first round, because all the talk, of course, leading up was either quarterback or off-ball linebacker, one of the Devons, at pick 10. And then we know, of course, the Broncos traded back to 20, passed on Devin Bush after Devin White was off the board, passed on Bush, traded back to 20 with Pittsburgh, took Noah Fant. Here's what Todd Davis had to say about whether or not he was paying attention to the draft. I was definitely glued in, man. You know, the talk of the town was linebacker at 10, so I was definitely glued into my TV. Um, you know, and they didn't pick a linebacker at 10. I feel like, okay, um, that shows a little trust in me, and it shows that I got to prove everybody right. That's the biggest thing for me. If somebody goes out on a limb and makes a decision on my behalf, it's my job to make sure that they made the right one. All right, Zach. So that mentality, I love. It wasn't just the yeah. relief that the Broncos did not take starter linebacker to replace Todd Davis out of the gates. It was a feeling of gratitude that, look, they they trust me, and I'm going to go out and prove them right. They went out on a limb showing me some trust, showing me some love by not taking the obvious linebacker that was there at 10, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to work my tail off to basically prove them right. I love this answer from Davis, and I, I definitely do appreciate the honesty here from him. He's not been one of my favorite players, but he knows that he's on thin ice now. He knows he's looked around and see all his former teammates from a, a, a Super Bowl-winning team just one by one go away, and he knows he could be next. And um, I, it, it does speak volumes to me that they didn't sign an inside linebacker, draft a natural inside linebacker. He does have to prove his worth, though I think he's one of the few locked into a roster spot. And him competing and, and pushing harder is only going to make the Broncos' defense better. I mean, he is what he is, Todd Davis. He's a two-down linebacker. He's a run stopper. But every defense needs that guy. Vic Fangio needs that guy. And if he's motivated now and if he's um, taking a good attitude and not like maybe a Joe Flacco attitude, a combative attitude toward a potential competition, it's positive. It's a good message being sent to his teammates. It's a good vibe for the locker room. I do like how Davis has approached this. I just think that, you know, there's – we, we kind of talk so one-dimensionally about both Todd Davis and Josie Jewell. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We get caught up on, you know, they're two-down players. We question whether or not they can cover. And we have reason to, to say these things, right? It's not like we're just pulling this out of our behinds. But I think we're maybe sleeping on how bad the coaching's been in Denver the last two years, okay? And how much better both these players could be with the right coach and in the right system. And in that sense, I'm really taking some confidence in Todd Davis's confidence. I mean, he talked about how, I mean, when you think of Todd Davis, do you think sideline to sideline? Because I don't, right? He's downhill thumper. And yet in his quote talking about Vic Fangio's defense, he says, quote, I like it a lot. I feel like it's a great defense for linebackers. It allows them to roam a little bit, allows them to make every tackle on the field. I really get to play sideline to sideline. So I'm really excited about the defense, close quote. Now, to me, Zach, this is a situation where I think, as you said, the Broncos telegraphed that, look, we're confident in our linebackers. At least our starting linebackers, we're confident in them. We didn't take one high. We didn't take one in any of the premium rounds. We're confident in them. So I think that both these guys, Davis and Jewel, are going to outkick their coverage under Vic Fangio. And I think really payback, so to speak, that faith that the team has shown in them and even show to the fans and some of the media that, look, we're better than y'all thought we were. And it wasn't our fault that we were playing in a, you know, lackluster and, you know, poor scheme that lacked vision. This is what we can do under the right coach. 
You know, Chad, if, if there's one thing we do on this podcast, it's not underestimate how bad the coaching was last year. I think we've been pretty clear with that. I, Davis is what he is. I mean, he's not a horrible player. You can win with him. He's a, a starting caliber player, but he is strictly a run stopper based on film alone. He does have his woes and pass coverage is not his strong suit. But the good thing about good coaching is that he he will be put in the best possible position to succeed. He's not going to be asked to cover running backs, asked to cover tight ends. Vic Fangio is going to know where to play him and where to maximize him, and that's where I think he's going to have his value. And it all, again, comes back to coaching, coaching, coaching. All right, well, you guys heard it here. It was a great day listening to those two defensive starters talk. We had a great opportunity to engage with the VIPs, punctuating another great week of podcasting here at Huddle Up. Tomorrow, look forward to a fresh episode of Building the Broncos. I'm not sure exactly what they have cooking for you, but I'm sure it's going to be another compelling conversation from Nick and Carl. In the meantime, Zach and I will be back on the other side of the weekend with a fresh episode waiting for you on Monday. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can find Zach on Twitter at Kelberman247, myself at Chad and Jensen. YouTube listeners, don't forget to like each video you're listening to. And those of y'all listening on iTunes, leave that creative review. Give us a five-star rating. We certainly appreciate it. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.